following is a message from Living Waters Church in Elk River, Minnesota. For more information, visit livingwatersmn.org. I believe that the, the Lord has already begun bringing the word to us this morning. He's been bringing it through the worship. He's been bringing it uh, even through what we did with dedicating our, our little ones to the Lord and, and brought it through Rochelle's word there. We opened up this year with a cry in our hearts to the Lord to say, show us your glory, that we are asking him to show us his glory. And we've talked about, when I opened the series, we talked about how sometimes what we really mean when we say that is do something, that we are asking him to do something, show up, prove it. You're glorious, prove it. And really, what the Lord's been bringing us today through the worship is really he's been humbling our request for him to show us his glory. He's been, he's been causing that request to come with a surrender. And we aren't asking him. We talked about how he, he is inherently glory. There is no separating from him from his glory. He just is. He is as glorious before the foundations of the world as he is right now, as he's going to be for all of eternity. And so when we're asking, show us your glory, we're like, it's not like, do you got any more in there? Can you, can you work up any more glory, God? No, it's we need our awareness of your glory to be opened up. Amen. We need to see your glory, and your glory is not the problem. Our awareness of your glory is what we're asking you to touch. It's what we're asking you to affect. And he's doing it. Do you feel him doing it this morning in worship? He's doing it. He's answering the cry of our heart, and he is showing us his glory. A lot of times we can become, in the, in the body of Christ, we can become so familiar with these terms, with the term glory. Some of you may not remember, some of you do remember, fondly, I'm sure, that we used to have the word glory on the back wall of our, how many of you remember that? Little wooden letters, glory. And sometimes it can become a fixture. It can become this, this thing. And by the way, it wasn't a fixture. Actually, that was, that was a reflection and a representation of something the Lord was doing. But over time, it became a fixture. Over time, it became something that needed to be dusted. Over time, our understanding of his glory became overly familiar to where we really didn't understand his glory at all. And that's what we're looking at now is, have we become so familiar with this concept that we really don't understand what it means at all? Or, as Pastor Bob talked about last week, there is this draw and this call in the word of God that says he takes us from glory to glory. Have we become so familiar with the glory we're operating in that we don't even realize we're operating in glory? And now there's this hunger that we have in us as if there's no glory happening. That's not true. There's lots of glory happening. It's just that now it's time for another level of glory. 
We, in our, in our uh, elder team retreat, we had a moment where we realized there's this sense of, of emptiness, a sense of, of not being like the fullness of his glory, and, and it's this emptiness. And we realized the Lord spoke to us. It's not that your bucket is empty. It's that I've given you a bigger bucket that now needs to be filled with my glory. Isn't that exciting? Isn't it great that that emptiness isn't lack? That emptiness is the preparation for more glory. Yay! Okay, so can we let go of the smaller bucket that feel, felt full? Can we, can we let that go and be willing to be empty for a minute and not try to fill it with something because we know it's supposed to be full of glory. Maybe this is glory. No, that doesn't fill it. Maybe this is glory. And then there's no room. Somebody spoke about that today, that there becomes no room for his glory because we're filling it with stuff. Can we be okay with the emptiness knowing that, ah, we're ready for another level of glory? We have a bigger bucket now. It's good. You know there'll be a bigger bucket later too. One of the words that the Lord has been ministering to me through, if you're on staff or in in any of our leadership, you've probably heard this already multiple times. I'm sorry, I have to say it again because the Lord's trying to get it through to me. So I got to say it again here. But one of the words that he's had me meditating on is in Ephesians 3.20. There's that apostolic prayer of Paul in Ephesians 3 where he's praying for the body and you know, that you would be able to comprehend with all the saints the width and the depth and the breadth and the length and the, all of the dimensions, all of those things, the love of God. But the part that he's had me focusing on is in Ephesians 3.20 where he says, now... To him, he's saying, this prayer that I'm praying, that the church, that the body of Christ would would be able to comprehend, and we we know that that word is not comprehend like understand in our heads. Sorry, we don't talk like that. I mean, that word comprehend is not that we would understand it in our heads. That, That word comprehend means that we would forcefully take hold of the length, the height, the depth of the love of God. So that prayer that he's praying is for no other reason other than this verse, now to him who is able to do far more abundantly beyond all that we ask or think according to the power that works within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. This prayer to see the church step into the fullness of glory for this season is for no other reason but to see him glorified in another generation. And I have come to this scripture and I've come to this season kind of with this sense of, I know the glory of what's been, but is there a glory for now? Like I've had this sense of, I, I, don't, I, I mean, the glory of previous generations, I don't know if we can compete with that. I see what the glory of previous generations looked like. Did it get used up? Our parents used up all the glory. Put it back in the fridge. Yes, and put it back in the fridge empty. No, that's kids that do that. 
But, but I mean, really, it sounds silly, but it is silly. This is the place I've been in. I don't, maybe this is, this is the generation that doesn't have any glory, and then it comes later. This word, the Lord spoke to me. There is a glory for this generation, for this time, for this people that's on the earth at this time. There's a glory for this season. And if you keep looking at the glory that was and trying to make this glory fit into the box of that glory, you're going to end up with no glory. There is a glory for this generation. He is moving us from glory to glory. It says, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus to all generations forever. And so he's... I get, I know all of you are like, yeah, we get it. Stop yelling. <laughs> but there's something on the inside of me that doesn't get this. There's something on the inside of me that goes, they had it. We'll have it over there. I don't know what's going to happen here. I guess we just go, wasn't that great? And won't it be great then? No, there's a glory for this generation. And all of the emptiness is making space for that. I am a planner I am intentional. That is a, a really acceptable way of saying controlling. No. <laughs> At my best, I'm intentional. But coming into a new year, those of us who are intentional make plans. We have things that we want to see and we, we feel a need. And, and those of us that are coming into a new year and we're leading in any capacity, whether it's in our church, in our home, in a business, we feel the, the need to make plans. I haven't even preached my sermon. I don't know where we're going. <laughs> but we feel the need to make plans because we're leading, so we got to have a plan. And so I'm coming to the Lord and there's these different things that I know that he's initiating in our hearts. I know he's initiating these things and he's stirring them up and, and giving us ideas. He's giving us the, the imaginations more than you can ask or imagine. He's beginning to help us imagine some things. And so I'm beginning to try to frame it because how, how do you communicate it if you can't frame it? And how do you do the thing? And, and there was, he's asked me multiple times on different areas, could you just bring it empty can you just bring it empty? I don't think so. I think that feels kind of irresponsible. But there is something that he wants to fill that sometimes we've already filled with what we can ask or imagine. Right. And he's saying, no, could you just bring it empty? Because I have something I want to put in there. Me, can you just bring you empty? Really? Okay. Because I have something I want to put in there. I feel empty. Great. I can do something with that. So we want to posture ourselves, align ourselves with this glory that He wants to do, that He wants to show in this time. There is a glory for this generation, and we get to participate in it. There's an invitation, but here's the thing. Sometimes we think it's ours to do the inviting. Sometimes we think, yes, God, 
We're inviting you into our service. And there is something to that. There is something to recognizing that there's a surrendering to him and there's a making, making sure that, that we know <laughs> that but really, we need to pay attention more, less to what we're inviting him into and more to what he's inviting us into in this season. That there is a glory that he's inviting us into. Because here's what we do. We see all these places where we don't particularly see his glory on display and we begin to go, come into this, come into this, come into this. And he will, <laughs> but he has a way and he has something that he's already working on the earth on behalf of his glory. And we've flipped the, the script just a little bit, and we think we're inviting him in, but he's inviting us in. So his glory is our goal. That's the, I started that message a couple weeks ago, and that's what I want to get to. His glory is our goal. This is a value that we have here at Living Waters that helps us remember what the goal is of everything else that we do. We don't do church to glorify church. Everything that we do, every announcement that gets made, the goal of the things that we're doing is for him to be glorified. Amen. It's for him to be glorified by encountering him. It's for him to be glorified by us belonging as the family of God to him. It's for him to be glorified as we become equipped and as we become mobilized on behalf of his glory. And so when, we, when we're doing different things, we're always going, is the goal of this his glory? Because it's, then it's not so much about the method, it's about what the, the motivation is, what the mission is for it. So his glory is our goal. That means as a church, we are not trying to build a name for ourselves. We are partnering with every other body to build a name for Jesus. We just can't all fit in the same building, not tell the other side of eternity. So this is our expression of building his kingdom. But it's not about building our name or making sure that people know who we are. It's about making sure they know who he is. I hope that what we do in this building or our people that come out of this building actually makes other churches better and glorify Jesus even more. Because that's the goal, isn't it? One unified body who is all growing up into the head. Jesus. So when we say his glory is our goal, what that means for us as a church is we don't have to own all the stuff. We're not in competition. We have the same goal, and that's to see Jesus glorified on the earth through his people. When we say his glory is our goal as individuals, it means that the goal of my life is not my own glory. The goal of my life is not my own comfort. The goal of my life is not my own convenience. The goal of my life is that Jesus would be glorified. 
And there are times when we, we have had seasons where we come into the revelation of knowing that he wants to be glorified through us. And that is a good revelation to have. We're going to probably delve into that even more next week. But I want us to make sure that we are aligned with the reality that it's still for the sake of his glory. That any good thing that he wants to do in my life, yes, it's because he loves me. But it's for the sake of his glory. The, my victory is in Jesus' name. Every time we sang that, it, was, it, it tweaked this little piece in me that went, I can have victory if I invoke the name of Jesus. True, yes, but that's not the point. <laughs> I can have victory if I invoke the name of Jesus, and we use it like it's the password. Like how we open our phones by saying, hey, Siri. I want to say it very loud so nobody's phone turned on. <laughs> but like, like we invoke it as a password to my victory and what I want. But what was, what was shifting for me was any victory I have is to plant the flag of Jesus on and to say he is worthy. It's a subtle difference, but it's a major difference. And, and we don't get there on purpose. We just kind of accidentally get there sometimes where it becomes the glory of God being reflected through us becomes about us. It's not about us. It's about him that the cry of our hearts when we say, show us your glory is for the sake of his glory and that alone. Not because I know I'll have a better life if your glory's there. You will. That's not the point. One of the things that I saw in the, in the Christmas story, which really isn't the Christmas story, it's the story of his glory. So I can read it now. Nobody be sad that we're reading in Luke after uh, Christmas is done. In Luke 2.9, the angel of the Lord suddenly appeared before them and the glory of the Lord shone all around them. So even the message of his glory, had glory shining all around him. Like, like the angels dispatched from his presence had residue of his glory all over them still from light years away or wherever. Time and space, not a thing with God, just with us. So his glory shone all around them and they were terrified. But the message that came came forth, was glory to God in the highest conjunction and peace, goodwill to men. And I think sometimes the way that we have delivered the message of the coming of Jesus or, or the message of, of the gospel even is that it's about peace, goodwill to men. Do you know the, the, the first... The headline of that declaration is glory to God in the highest. That's the headline. And then the secondary line is, and peace, goodwill to men. But sometimes I think we've got that flipped and it's kind of inverted. And we think, okay, the goal is peace, goodwill to men. 
And hopefully that'll bring glory to God, kind of. I know it's subtle. Right now you're going, you're playing semantics. No, it has to do with how we view that. There's a danger in inverting that story. Yes, he came because he loves us. That is, that is the motivation of everything that he does. But the result of everything he does is glory to God in the highest. And the result of everything I do, the goal of anything that I step into, even the goal of inviting him into a situation or is for, should be for the sake of his glory. That means sometimes I don't like the way he gets his glory. Because sometimes I think it should look like this and because this would be good for me. And he goes, yeah, well, it's not about you. It's about my glory. With so much love, he says it. <laughs> but I feel, I mean, I feel that. There is a safety that I feel stepping out of it's about me into it's about his glory because we're made for that. We were made for his glory. And you think, I don't know if I can step out of this because I'm afraid of what if I don't get what I want? You might not. But he will. And it, it's, it's for our good. Like it, it's going to feel good when he gets what he wants. So we are going to talk about the ways that, the God, that God wants to, that he has filled us with his glory and the ways he wants us to carry his glory and, and the ways that we get to, to see his glory on the earth. And, but we cannot go there until we get this, until we're firmly planted in this truth and this reality. So as we close... <clears throat> We need to recognize that there might be things that we need to lay down. <coughs> Excuse me. There might be things that we need to lay down to give him. that we would say you are the one that receives glory in the highest and my goal is to serve that. There might be things that seemed good, even that he's invited us into, but somewhere along the way we began to think that it's about us and we forgot, oh, no, it's, it's about you being glorified on the earth. You know, there's something that, that is happening to me where I go, I don't even care what it, that looks like. I just want you to get glorified. Have you ever been an extra in a movie? Yes. <laughs> and somebody asked you, let, let's say like someone asked you to be in the Marvel movie, a Marvel movie. Some of you are like, I would never... That is anti-Jesus. Just go with me. I'm trying to think of one most people like. I don't know. But, you know, in some major movie, 
to tell this story, or even that. How about just an epic story of, of somebody, and they go, hey, maybe it's someone you really, really admired, and, and they say, hey, do you want to be in this movie to tell this story of this person? And, and you would probably say, is it a speaking role? No, you probably wouldn't say that. But we kind of do that with God. Like God says, hey, do you want to be in my movie? And we kind of go, well, is it a speaking role? <laughs> How many lines do I have? But, you know, then there's those people who are like guy number 10 in the bar. In the, and, and the scene's going on. And the camera pans around the room, and he goes, there, there, there I am, there I am, there I am. I'm in the movie. Where am I going? I have no idea. <laughs> I'm going, you're in the movie, but it's his movie. You're in the movie, but you're not the star. But there needs to be an excitement in us that says, oh, I'm in the movie. Even if it's just panning in the story of his glory. I'm woman number six in the parking garage, whatever. <laughs> we need to be able to, to just say, I am just so thrilled to be in the movie. Because I care so much about the story. I care so much about that story being told. I don't even care if it's a speaking part. Or here's, here's another way. Some of you will say, I will be in the movie as long as I don't have to have a speaking part. <laughs> There's another way to look at it. This is a different story for each of us. Some of you are like, yeah, I totally wouldn't want a speaking part anyway. <laughs> but there has to be a yes to being in the movie, regardless of the part he puts us in. He might put you in a part that you feel like, I have to, all my own stunts? I have to do all my own stunts. <laughs> yeah. He's really good at it, though. He was helping Margaret fly this week. <laughs> so we're just excited to be in the movie. And we don't care what part we play because we care about the story of his glory being told. Thank you for listening to this week's message. To learn more about us, please visit livingwatersmn.org.